Hey, it's John from CityCast. If you're in the mood to pamper yourself a little bit this week while supporting cruelty-free products, you should check out Bone Cur Home and Wellness. It's the best place in Portland to find everything from chic home decor to cannabis accessories. They've got a curated collection of vegan and cruelty-free home goods and wellness products because their name is French for kind heart, after all. You'll get a 20% discount on your first order when you sign up for emails this week at boncoeur.net. That's B-O-N-C-O-E-U-R.net. And use the code BONCOEURCITYCAST20. All right, so there's plenty of places to grab a drink in our city, but nowhere is as quintessentially Portland as the humble neighborhood bar. Now, these are very different from your microbreweries or fancy cocktail bars. And for a lot of us, these public houses become an extension of our living rooms. You know, it's where we run into our neighbors and friends. But some newcomers might not notice there's an unspoken code of conduct at these places. And heaven help you if you violate the rules. So today on CityCast Portland, we're talking with Tanya Franzen about Portland bar etiquette. She owns the Basement Public House and the B-Side Tavern and is the author of Happy 21st Birthday, a field guide for bar patrons of all ages. She's going to teach us how to become your bartender's favorite customer. It's Thursday, July 27th. I'm Claudia Meza, and this is what Portland's talking about. You've worked in the Portland service industry for many, many years. Yes. What do you think is unique about, you know, our city's bar culture? The thing I like about Portland's bar culture is the services industry all works together. Any Anytime a bar opens near one of my businesses, I'm excited about it. Yeah. The more bars on the street, the more drinkers on the street, the better for everybody, right? And mm-hmm. like, we're not in competition. Like the, the bartenders of all the bars in the neighborhood will help each other. Like, are you out? You need a case of vodka? Here you go. Like, get, give it back to us tomorrow after the delivery or whatever. It's like, every, I like how everybody likes to work together. You know, I, I've noticed that. I've been around when, when bars, when, you know, when talk has come of like, oh, you know, this bar is, is, is opening. And I've been there when the owners are like, oh, that's so great. And they're so excited. And they're, they're just yeah. there to, to, you know, to be like, hey, how's it going, you guys? Welcome. And yeah. I don't know. I, I find that really sweet. You know, mm-hmm. I don't know if that I don't know if that's normal or not, you know. Right. I, I don't know. I, I feel like a lot of times, like if you have an ice cream shop and an ice cream shop opens next door, you're pretty bummed. Yeah. Because people are, <laughs> you know, people are there for ice cream and they're not going to go ice cream shop hopping. Mm-hmm. But um, I think in bar culture, especially, I don't I don't think it's true for very many other maybe like bookstores and retail. People like to go shopping along a street. And I think it's the same with bars. Mm, I never thought about it that way. You own two neighborhood bars, but uh, becoming accepted as a regular at a Portland spot isn't necessarily easy, as you've you've stated in your book. Uh, So how do you become one, let's say, at one of your bars? Like, how do you see that happening? You know, you just got to show up every day and kind of follow the rules. The thing that I see people doing is like they'll they'll come into a bar that's like a dive bar. And then they'll get mad that the bartender won't make them a mojito. <laughs> yeah. Right? Like, we don't have fresh mint. Are you kidding? This is, you know, the drinks are $4. I don't know what you're expecting. But, like, 
finding the bar that has the culture that you want to be a part of and then just showing up every day usually does it. Mm-hmm. Not every day. It doesn't have to be every day. We don't want to, you know, we don't want to kill you, <laughs> kill you but, but, but often enough to re- be remembered and join in conversations when you're invited. But also what a lot of people do is they'll come in and they'll just like sit down at a table and say, can I sit here and start talking? And a lot of times that we call them table hoppers and those people are annoying. You got to be invited into the conversation. You know, you have to be, I don't know, not being very articulate about it. I guess. Well, I'm going to help you narrow it down. (laughs) Good. That's your job. Yeah. You have a chapter in your book called douche moves, which by the way, excellent title. Thank you. What are some of the most unforgivable douche moves a bar patron can pull? Disrespecting the bartender. First of all, Mm -hmm. that's like, the number one. Like explain how the, how, a, how a patron could disrespect a bartender. Um, like if you're standing in the well and you're just standing there and the bartender says, hey, can you move? Mm-hmm. Like not moving. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. That's, you know, or like being in the way and being rude and like treating the bartender as somebody who is there to serve you, which it is their job to serve you, but their main job is to serve the entire room. Mm-hmm. And to protect the bar's interests and to protect the neighborhood and to protect their customers, make sure that everything's running smoothly and make sure that the customers are all behaving in a way that facilitates a smooth running of the bar. So if you're standing in the well and the bartender says, don't stand there, and you say, why? There's no line. What are you talking about? I hate the line. Portland's stupid. I hate the line. Why do I have mm-hmm. to get out of the way just so you can have a stupid line? That's like, no, this bar is set up where the line functions best. So get out of the way <laughs> and don't argue yeah. with me, right? Yeah, yeah. So the attitude. The attitude. That's what I'm, I'm hearing. A, a, a lot of lip. A lot of lip. <laughs> yeah. Lip or just like, you know, don't smoke near the door or we get in trouble. Yeah, whatever. I'm going to smoke where I want. Yeah, you know, the way I've seen it or understand it is that the bartender is vibe control. Yeah. They're the ones there that set the vibe and that maintain it. So anyone coming through not being self-aware and realizing that they're like pushing up against whatever has been dictated by this group is like, this is how we all behave is a douche move is what I'm hearing. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of um, like wasting the bartender's time is a real douche move. Like there's a line behind you and you like have your order ready. Yeah. Or like, what do you like to make? Like, come on. I I like to make a drink for the guy behind you in line. So like, let's get through this. Yeah. Well, you know, you this is actually a perfect transition, Tanya, because you were explaining how, you know, this theoretical guy that we're both already angry at, uh, who yeah. was giving you lip about this line. But like, what is the deal with Portland and and lines? Like, you never know what you're going to get in a Portland bar. Either they're just like, don't make a line. And they're really adamant, like, stop. Hey, guys, stop making a line. Just yeah. come to the bar. Or you crowd the bar and they're just like, for God's sake, make a line. And it's just yeah. so <laughs> confusing. So I can imagine like, I'm going to, this theoretical man that again, does not exist. What if he got yelled at at the last bar? <laughs> oh no, he, oh, he, he exists. He exists <laughs> for sure. Um, you know what though? How are you supposed to know? Standing at the bar isn't a douche move. Telling the bartender that they don't know what they're talking about when they ask you not to is the douche move. Right. Right. So you look, you you walk into the bar and you look, that's how you know. If there's nobody there, 
you say, hey, the bartender says, hey, how's it going? Can I get you something to drink? You could say, yeah, I'd like this. Is this like a line bar or is this a crowd the bar bar? And the bartender will tell you. It's very easy. Yeah. <laughs> Just like have a conversation. The person behind there is a person and their whole job is to help you have a good experience in the bar. And you can ask them whatever you want, you know? Yeah. You know, uh, I read your whole book and it was a really fun, pleasant read. It did read like, just so you know, like a very well-organized rant. Oh yeah, absolutely. Which I thoroughly enjoyed. I thoroughly enjoyed, you know, from your perspective. But there was something that I thought was funny was that you just said it now. You're like, a big annoyance is not having your order when you uh, go up. And I hate that too, as a person who's been waiting and I'm waiting behind you and you go up and you're like, "Mm." I'm like, what did we all just do now? We just hung out in this line together for five minutes. And what were you thinking about? Were you thinking about not what you're going to order? Because that is like, what, that doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. Like you're just standing there. What Like have a drink (laughs) idea. But what I what I thought was funny is that your book basically just said have to yeah and then I just was like wow I think this is what it is yeah have a backup yeah have a backup yeah <laughs> so basically you're like okay not only have an idea of what you want to drink also have a plan B just in yeah. case we can't make that one thing you want I am I am dying for a mojito I want a mojito or like or whatever a, a margarita okay. But the bar today is out of triple second. We can't actually make you a margarita. We might be able to, but it will take me 10 minutes because I have to go make triple sec, right? Mm -hmm. And that's just impossible to do when there's a line, you know? Gotcha. All right, well, let's take a quick break here. And when we come back, how to stay on your bartender's good side, even if you had one too many. I feel like this is like the elephant in the room kind of conversation to have about Uh bar culture. See, the only problem with all of this advice is that bars get you drunk sometimes, right? So how can someone handle being drunk in public with grace from your vast experience of seeing so many people drunk in public? So much advice. Okay. Eat something. Yes. Eat something. All bars in Oregon are required to have food. Get a bag of nuts. They like... If you don't have a dollar to buy your bag of nuts, the bartender will likely give it to you because they don't want you to be drunk any more than, you know, and have a, have a plan. I have my Lyft ready to go. I have my Uber app. I've got my friends, you know, whatever. If, and practice listening to the bartender so that when you're drunk, that's your go-to. The bartender is sober. They know how many drinks you've had. They know how drunk you are, (laughs) right? If, if they ask you, are you sure you want another drink? Here, eat these chips. Listen to them. They will save you. If you have the mantra in your mind that the bartender is your friend and not your enemy, you'll do okay. Yeah. So before I move on, are there any other big do not do this at a bar that I have that we haven't touched on that you want to say? Yeah. Drugs. (laughs) Okay. If the bartender figures out that you're doing other drugs than alcohol in the bar, they have to kick you out or they lose their license mm-hmm. and the bar loses their license and it's a huge fine and you lose your liquor license. It costs, costs the bartender $3,000 or something like that. Cost me $10,000 like, and their job. So like, if you really got to smoke some weed, take a walk around the block, right? But don't yeah. smoke a bunch of weed because then you get weird when you're drinking and then that's a, that's a problem <laughs> for the bartender too. But like, just because the bartender can't, you think the bartender can't see you 
and your buddy going to do coke in the bathroom every 20 minutes all night. They're not stupid. Like, just don't, don't do it. Like do it somewhere where somebody else won't get in trouble for you being a dummy. Yeah. Okay. That's a big don't, I think. Yeah. I, a major one. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. On the, on the flip side, what's a bar customer hero move? The anti-douche move. Oh, you know, it, it really all comes down to paying attention. We have bus tubs set up where people can put their glassware when they're done with it. So clear your glassware, put it in the bus tub. Don't leave your garbage everywhere. There's a garbage Mm -hmm. can right there. You have to pay attention to what's going on. So that's a hero move. Letting the bartender know when they're out of toilet paper. (laughs) Such a, such a, uh, like not thought of hero move. Yeah. The bartender's job is to make the experience a good experience, like a fun time at the neighborhood dive with your neighbors and friends. And if there's no toilet paper that like kind of messes up your experience a little. And so the bartender needs to know that. And also if there's no toilet paper, people use paper towels and then it clogs the toilet or it's the, they drip dry and it takes them 10 minutes to get out of there. And then the line forms, it messes up the system. It's like mm-hmm. little things like that, like letting the bartender know if you see a fight that's about to start. Like, hey, there's some guys over there. They're starting to starting to get angry with each other. You might want to check it out. We can't see everything and be everywhere. Yeah, I don't know. Other hero moves, bringing the bartender food. That's right. Yeah, if you work at a restaurant and you're getting off work and going to the bar, bring pizza or whatever, whatever your restaurant sells. <laughs> That's a really good hero move. It really is. You know, you've been a bartender for most of your adult life, I would imagine, right? Well, I'm 50 now, and and I was 21 when I first got my bartending job. So, wow! Thank you for your service, Tanya. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, you've been outspoken on how important not only bartending is to you, but your bartenders at your respective bars are to oh, you. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. So, how should bar owners treat uh, their employees? Oh, well, that's easy. <laughs> that's easy. Treat them like the people who you are trusting to make your business successful. Treat them like the people who have full lives care about them. Like my whole job is to make sure that my staff has what they need to not only be successful at their jobs, but also to have good work-life balance for themselves. Yeah, I have a lot of people who work for me that are in touring rock bands and who have um, dual citizenship in different countries and spend a lot of time away. And we just have enough people always that, that everybody will cover for each other. It's they, I, I want my bartenders to go on tour with their rock band, mm-hmm. right? You know, I want them to be happy in their lives of which their job is a part. And I feel like a lot of bosses treat their, especially minimum wage workers like bartenders or service industry workers, like like they're expendable, like bartenders are a dime a dozen. Excellent, trustworthy bartenders are not. Tanya, is there anything I didn't ask you or we didn't talk about concerning uh, bar etiquette that you want listeners to know? Every bar is different. Like it's got a, every bar's got a different culture. It's got different, like if you walk into a bar, your goal is to like have a good time, have a couple drinks, spend some time with your neighbors or your friends. And the bartender's goal is to provide that for you. So, you know, so you're working together with the bartender. You and I are going to be doing this together tonight. Let's make it right. Let's, let's work together on it. You know, Mm -hmm. it's so silly. 
it's just getting a drink at a bar, but sometimes I just get like real deep on it. It's dumb. It's not dumb. Let me take that back. It's, it's just silly. It's building community. It's basic rules of a community is, you know, who's setting the vibes. Do we agree with these vibes? Well, then we all abide by the vibes. And also, yeah. don't order a mojito at B-Side. We all know this now. <laughs> you know what? Every once in a while, there's a there's a glass on the counter with some mint in it. And if you see that, <laughs> order a mojito. Well, thank you, Tanya. I appreciate you yeah. taking the time. Thank you. And now for your microdose of news. Not only has Multnomah County failed to spend more than $100 million allocated to help people experiencing homelessness, emails show that they've been resisting efforts by Metro, whose job it is to oversee the process. If you don't know, Metro is our regional government that manages all of the counties comprising Portland Metro. Public records obtained by Willamette Week show that in June, Metro Chief Operating Officer Marissa Madrigal wrote in an email, We find that too many of the proposed expenditures lack a clear concept, plan, timeline, or specific alignment to goals and outcomes. And Gresham has rolled out a new pilot program to send drones to crime scenes and fires. According to documents reviewed by Willamette Week, the $85,000 program will, and I'm quoting here, offset police staffing shortages. This is Oregon's first program using drones as first responders. Portland police launched a more limited drone program last month. So we all now need to brace ourselves for our very own imminent Black Mirror episode. For even more local news and events, sign up for our daily newsletter, Hey Portland. We'll throw a link in the show notes. That's all for today here on CityCast Portland. Thank you so much for listening. If you'd like to support the show, please share it, rate, or leave us a good review. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more from around the city. Until then, see you at Slims. <laughs>